BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for the episode we have for you today with Danielle Bernstein, the founder of We Were What. It's so awesome. And before we get into it, and I share that with you, I'm going to answer a few of your questions that you submitted via Instagram. Someone asked, pandemic and mental health, how are you staying busy and do you have any routines? This is a perfectly topical question because it's actually Mental Health Awareness Month, which is what, you know, May is. And I have been wanting to talk about mental health for a while. I think it's such an important muscle. Um, to work on and to improve on. Like anyone who thinks that they have zero issues whatsoever and they're totally perfect probably, you know, has the most of all. And I think the more self-aware we can be about our mental health and are about like things like anxiety and, you know, the better we can improve on it and just like get better and again, like work on ourselves. Like I see a therapist and I still see her virtually And it's so nice to be able to talk to her and tell her, you know, how I'm dealing with the pandemic and what I'm going through and things that have come up as I've gone through this. I mean, we've all gone through this. So it's, it's almost impossible for things not to come up when you're kind of stuck in your home. And for me, a lot of that, and I talk about this on an upcoming episode, is just like feeling this need to control my environment. And not even like not with food, thank God, um, but really with like control everyone else as if like I'm the puppeteer and everyone is like needs to do things for me. So I'm with my family and with my boyfriend and like I want to make sure we're eating at this time and like we are, you know, watching this movie that night and when the sandwiches are ready, we're going to pick them up at this time and like it's just like little things that I've become so neurotic about in my quarantine life that I just need to like relinquish control and just be more chill about it. And like, it's funny because my mental health journey, the reason I went to therapy in the first place was because I was depressed and I had like a serious depression that I couldn't get out of. Like, I didn't know how to, and I didn't want to take anything. I just, I really didn't want to take antidepressants or anti-anxiety. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And, you know, it's really amazing for some people. But for me, I was like, I don't want to get reliant on something. And so what I did was I, you know, started therapy and I started to talk about 
my issues and the things that I wanted to be better at. And for me, I was, I'm such like a type A person that I was smoking weed all the time to try to be more chill and to try to be like someone who didn't give a fuck. And it never worked for me. And instead of making me happy, which it did at one point when I was younger, it contributed to my anxiety and it got me more in my head and it made me more paranoid. And I wasn't realizing any of this, like even going through therapy and going through the motions, I was thinking that weed was one of the positive forces in my life. But it really like, it was like once I got rid of smoking weed every day, which was like a huge vice of mine, my mental health got so much stronger. And I got to a point where I was okay being alone with my feelings and my thoughts. My mind wasn't a scary place that like, if God forbid anyone had access to, like they would never want to talk to me again. And it's not easy. Again, like I work on it every day. I mean, it's so hard not having a clutch like weed or wine, especially when you're such a type A person. But for me, like what has worked is just talking to people about it, like talking to you guys about it, talking to a therapist, talking to my friends, but like having a clear mind to do that and to work on myself is really the only way that I'm able to do that. Let's see. Someone asked... Advice for mid to late 20s ladies who've never been in a real relationship. It happens. Like it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you haven't found the right person or you haven't seen someone that might be in front of you that might be good for you. So I think just like be more open-minded and like not lower your standards necessarily, but maybe lower your expectations of like who you expect to come into your life and think like, what am I contributing? What am I bringing to the table? And am I someone that I would want to date? Somebody asked how quarantine is affecting friendships. That's a really great question. For me, I mean, I still consider all my best friends, my best friends. There are some people that I've been, you know, I, I've spoken to less and it makes me think like maybe, you know, that friendship wasn't serving me. Maybe like we don't, have that much in common anymore. And like, that's okay. And like, maybe the only reason we saw each other was because we had friends in common and like there were gatherings or birthdays. So I think for me, it's like made my circle smaller and made me realize that the people I am still in touch with are people I really care about and really love. And you know, it's tough. I, I try to do this like fun game called Quiplash with my friends on Zoom at least once or twice a week or sorry, once or once every two weeks. And it's really fun. I try to FaceTime with best friends. I talk to friends every day via text. And Instagram is a great help for communicating. But it's really hard to maintain friendships right now. And I think everyone needs to have some slack for friends who aren't reaching out because like, you know, we're all going through this thing together and it's tough to be a good friend right now. It really is. Like, however, like on the same, on the same page, especially talking about mental health, like if you can be a good friend through mental health ups and downs, like that's really powerful and amazing. If you can show up for someone when you're struggling yourself, like that might end up helping you in turn, which is really cool quarantine activities. I've been baking so much. I hope you follow Don't Expect Salads, my food account, because, and look at all the highlights that I put up because it's nonstop. It's like a bake-a-thon. I've been baking scones, baking brownies, baking, you name it, I bake it and I cook it. And it's so fun. I'm really, really enjoying it. 
it's probably not the healthiest activity. But if you're looking for healthy activities, I know there's tons of virtual workouts online. And obviously, you can always do a TikTok monogamy, how to manage in a marriage if it's not for you, but you want marriage. Ooh, that's tough. I don't know. I feel like I'm such a monogamous, like a serial monogamous that I can't really relate as much. But I would say you need to find a partner who's open-minded, who you're very honest with about your needs and your wants and who respects those and isn't harboring resentments as a result of those, I would say. Retrograde. Yeah, Venus is going to retrograde. Right now it's Tuesday, but it's going to retrograde on Thursday. So this episode will come out Sunday and it will be in retrograde. I think this just means like your relationships will be affected by it, not necessarily negatively, but I would check out some astrologers who actually know what this means wholeheartedly because I'm not 100% sure. How quarantine is emotionally affecting singles' views on dating and is it long-term? Well, I think if I were single right now, I would realize that I have to be thinking outside the box and I have to be doing things that I wouldn't do and putting myself in positions that I wouldn't normally put myself in. I think like knowing myself, I wouldn't be afraid to ask people on dating apps if they want to FaceTime and having like as many virtual quarantine dates as I can fit into my schedule. I don't think there's anything wrong with dating multiple people virtually at a time as long as you know what you're doing and like don't mess up their names and their stories. I think that's really fine. Um, You know, as long as you're being respectful and having fun, it's the perfect time to meet as many people as you can, right? Because like you have all the time in the world, whether you're working or not. I mean, you're still at home 24-7. So I would use this time to date. And then like once this is over, I think, I don't know. I I mean, I think everyone's going to be a little weird being in person with people. I think like I was just talking to a friend about how going to our first party is going to be so weird because it's going to be like, okay, well, now I have to go back home. Like, I can't be here for that long. Whereas before we were used to socializing for for hours on end and, and we loved it. But now I feel like it's like I need to get back to my cave. It's kind of like we're like all like recluses that like, you know, isolated. And it's going to we have to like wean into being fully social again. So I feel like that's probably going to be the same with dates. Like dates probably won't be as long. And also just a note on like FaceTime dating and virtual dating. Like you don't have to feel pressure to talk to someone for an hour. I feel like that's like the beauty of it. It's like you can have these 15 minute conversations and then be done. Like you can have an out and say you have a place to go. Um, Anyway, I don't want to ramble too much because I really want you to enjoy this episode with Danielle. It's awesome. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. All right. Bye. Hope everyone is doing okay in quarantine. I was just thinking yesterday I posted a story where people could submit questions and someone asked how my diet was going and I hated it. I realized that if I ever made it seem like I was on some sort of diet, like you know, Danielle says in this episode, diet is a dirty word and I totally agree. And that's why it's so important 
to instead of looking to, you know, be on a diet and restricting yourself, you should be nourishing yourself with like the healthiest, most nutritious food, like superfoods. And that's why I'm so obsessed with Saqqara. I didn't even know what a superfood was before I started Saqqara. And it's basically organic, ready-to-eat meals that are made with very powerful plant-based ingredients. All of the food, it is designed to boost your energy and like improve your digestion so you don't get bloated and your skin honestly glows from it because of all the superfoods. And along with all of the delicious meals, Saqqara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition as well. So if you want to boost results, you try the best-selling Metabolism Super Powder. It's an all-natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. My mom and I use it for smoothies every morning. It tastes so yummy. And right now, Sakara is actually offering our listeners 20% off their first order. If you guys just go to sakara.com slash Acme right now or enter code Acme at checkout. So it's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash Acme. And you can get 20% off your first order now. Sakara.com slash Acme. Check it out and let me know if you have any questions as always. I want to introduce you to something that everybody needs in their life, which is Adderall and compliments, which is also the name of my podcast. I'm Annabelle, and every week I want you to come kiki with me and my hilarious friends as we talk about everything from reality TV to dating fails, mental health. I promise it will make you laugh, and most importantly, it will make you feel so much better about your own life. So come join me and my baby stripper voice every Friday on iTunes, Spotify, and follow me on Instagram at Annabelle Zisisto and give me the greatest gift of all, which is validation. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for this episode. We have Danielle Bernstein, the founder of We Wore What. Hey, Danielle. Oh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It's been a long time. I know. It's been a while. Um, I feel like I think the last time I ran into you in person was like at Make Believe, I want to say. Do you remember that place? Probably, uh, wow, that must have been a really long time ago. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. But let's get right into it because I have a long list of questions that people are dying to get your answers to. Um, we'll start with, let's start with the basics. So how old are you and where are you from? I am 27, about to be 28. And I'm and I've lived in the city for what, like 10 plus years. 11 years. Wow. Yeah. And what is your current relationship status? I have a boyfriend of a little over a year, a year and a half. Cute. Cute. I feel like we should just get right into the, um, the BF questions. <laughs> I'm nervous. People, okay. Let's it's so it. crazy. Like people are obsessed with other people's relationships. I was looking at your IGTV and like you did one with your boyfriend and it, the views are like through the roof. Yeah, it was my most viewed IGTV. I think people really love the boyfriend content um, because I keep him such a secret. But hopefully now that I've shared him on Instagram that people are a little less obsessed with it. We'll see. I, I, think, I think the opposite. Let's talk about some things in your Q&A that you had talked about with your boyfriend that people wanted you to expand on a little bit. Yes. One thing that um, that came up was 
When you were talking about how you guys made it official, you joked that you forced him to ask you out. What do you mean by force? And like, <laughs> how, did the, how did that go down? We were at a day party and we had been dating for a few months now. And he had never referred to me as his girlfriend. But when he introduced me to someone, he did. And I kind of looked at him and was like, did you just call me your girlfriend? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, but you haven't asked me. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, and I was like, come here. And then we went into like a private room and I was like, you have to ask me officially to be your girlfriend if you want me to be your girlfriend. And I have to say yes, because I'm old school like that. And even though that was so non old school of me to do, yeah, he did. And then he asked me and it was cute. That's so cute. I feel like I did like pretty much the same thing um, in I my think current a lot relationship. Of girls do. Like it's a mom. Yeah, I mean, it's way better to say you have to ask me than to be like, what are we? Yes, way better. I totally agree because you want to be the one to sort of lead in the defining of your relationship and take charge as like the woman. Like we don't need to wait for the man to define it, but I like the traditional part of him having to ask you. I think it's just, it's cute. Yeah. Someone once told me a man only has to ask you two things if you'll be their girlfriend and to marry you. Yeah, I like that. It's <laughs> cute. Um, okay. So you guys, you know, you've been dating for over a year now. So you have said, I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did you date before the three words came up? Well, it happened when we were in Italy last summer. So we had been dating, let me do the math, like four or five months. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I felt it like way before we even said it. I was just kind of waiting for him to say it first. Yeah. Why do we do that? I I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I feel like I stubbornness, stubbornness. (laughs) Also, like we want to feel like they are like dying to say it and not that we're like forcing them to say it. Yeah. And plus, like, if you know, I kind of knew he felt it too anyway, before we even said it. So I was satisfied just knowing that we felt it. I just wanted to say it. Do you feel something different with your current boyfriend that you did not feel in your past when dating? A hundred percent. I'm in such a healthy relationship compared to previous boyfriends, which have been on opposite ends of the spectrum, which you will read about in my book. I don't want to reveal too much, but you read about one end of the spectrum where I was the really dominant one in the relationship. And then another end of the spectrum where he was really dominant and didn't treat me well. Mm. And then with my current boyfriend, we just have like a really healthy balance and just like a healthy relationship overall. Love that. Is there a reason that you don't tag your boyfriend in your pictures with him or like social media? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not his thing and he wants to remain private, um, whether it has to do with his job or his family or just the type of person he is. It doesn't really matter. If he wants to remain private, then I respect that. And I like to show his face. I mean, he's extremely good looking. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to have him in my photos and because I love him so much and I'm so proud to share him, but I don't need to share his name. It's not like a need I feel. And if he doesn't want that, then I respect that. Yeah. Do you know anyone who like is an influencer who has shared their partner and like it went like it just like it wasn't a good idea for them? There's, I mean, most influencers mm-hmm. I know have shared their partners mm-hmm. and whether it's good or bad is up for you guys to decide. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely know some influencers whose partners cramp their style in my opinion, but, um, again, we'll leave it to, to everyone to decide. 
do you ever feel like work negatively affects your relationship? I mean, I know you're working hard all the time and like, you know, some Mm -hmm. people can have a hard work life, relationship life balance. I mean, for me personally, I do find it really hard to turn it off. So when I'm spending time with my boyfriend, I really try and put my phone away and dedicate that time to, to our time. But, you know, I'm always on, I'm always recording, I'm always storing what I'm doing throughout the day. So I just have to find the right balance and respect his privacy, our privacy, something should remain sacred between us. And I constantly am working on that. So I'm definitely not perfect when it comes to that, but it is something that I want to become better Mm -hmm. at. Would you date someone who isn't Jewish? I don't know if your boyfriend is Jewish or not, but this was a question that came in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. um, I want to raise my kids Jewish. So it's definitely important to me, but whoever I fall in love with and is like the one, their religion is not the most important Mm -hmm. thing. I think you mentioned that this might come up in your book. Um, So everyone stay tuned for more on this, but have you ever been in a toxic relationship? And if so, how did you deal with that? And like, how does that affect you now? Yeah. Well, two very specific ones, which were major relationships in my life are in my book. So you'll definitely read about that. But I think the most important lessons I've learned from those was about trusting your gut and just knowing when it's time to walk away. Like if you're not being treated right, that that's it. And there's a, a chapter in my book called uh, "Red the Red Flag Guy. Mm-hmm. And or it's called Never Let Love Blind You, but it's all about the red flags to look out for when dating a guy. Mm. Can you can you give us a little like tidbit of like, what's the biggest red flag to look for? No, you got to read my book. <laughs> Fair. Gotta keep them warm. That's true. What was the like the most exciting part of writing a book and kind of like the most challenging for you? I mean, I think in general, the book was like one huge therapy session. I was forced to revisit parts of my life that I almost had like blocked out for so many years, whether it was my parents' divorce or past relationships or business failures. And really, I was forced to figure out how I want the world to see me and how I want to portray that through my voice. And so I really told my story in such an authentic and vulnerable way. And I hope people could see that. But it was definitely... Now that it's done, like the exciting stuff happens, right? People are receiving it. I'm getting reviews. So like, this is the best part about it all. Yeah, I love that. How do you handle... Just because you know, you're an influencer, so obviously there are people who love you to death. And then there's always going to be people who kind of like hate follow influencers. And like, you know, I actually asked as a poll question recently, like, do you hate follow anyone? And and it was like more people than less said that they do, which is so crazy to me. And just like these people sitting on their couch, like with nothing better to do who do this. Right. They like love. Yeah. Like how do you handle that negativity if they write on your page, if they comment? Yeah. You know, I used to say like haters always mean you're doing something right. And I used to also say, hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring. But then it got to a point where it was like straight up bullying. And I really didn't like that. So I posted a video a few weeks before all this happened, where it was me reading out some of my most intense hate comments. And it was sort of my way of like sticking up to the bullies and saying like, this is not okay. And whether I can handle it or not, which I can handle it, it's still not okay. And so um, how do I deal with the haters? I block and delete. I try and ignore it. But sometimes it does get to me and it gets upsetting and I have a good cry and I move on. And like, I think it would be... 
I would be like a robot if I didn't have any emotions about it. I, of course, have emotions about it, but I try and realize that those people are probably really sad and something is wrong in their lives and that's why they choose to hate. And so I, I almost like feel bad for them. Yeah. yeah, agreed. I actually, I remember there was a time in my life where I was like in a really dark place and I commented on a random celebrity's like photo that they posted once. And I, I don't know, I think I like, I don't remember what I said exactly. I, I think it was maybe like calling someone too skinny on like Nicole Richie's photo or something. Like it was like a really weird low point in my life. And a friend saw it and she was like, why did you write that on Nicole Richie's photo? And like, I was so defensive about it. And years later, I now realize it was because I was so insecure and like hated myself. And that's literally the only reason that I did it. Like, I mean, that's really cool that you were able to acknowledge that and realize that that's honestly very mature and shows a lot of self-growth. But I, I'm still like so embarrassed. Like that comment is out there in the world. Um, going back to the... <laughs> the le- Yeah. Going back to the book, what's your favorite chapter? Ooh. Um, I mean, that's like asking to pick your favorite (laughs) child. They're they're all so good. I think the introduction is really fun. And then the story that's titled Elevator Hunk, which is sort of the reason I started the book, Mm. is also a really fun one. And then the postscript, what I write at the end, that's sort of like, the coming together of all, all of these chapters is also really meaningful. So are you doing an audiobook or just I did one already. Ooh, love it. Yeah, I spent hours in a little black booth recording <laughs> my audiobook and I hope it sounds okay. But people requested it and I didn't want to have a stranger do it. I really thought if it was my story, it should come from my voice. And yeah. So you will hear it. What, if anything, is off limits for you to share online? Certain times with my family and my boyfriend, mm-hmm. specific occasions that are meant to just be sacred, um, like bedtime with my boyfriend, yeah. I guess. I don't know what else I would say for that. Mm-hmm. I really share so much. So I don't think there's that much that's off limits. Yeah. Do you ever question people's intentions in dating you because you're a successful public figure? Um, well, my boyfriend didn't know who I was when we met. And that's great. Mm. So no, in that case, like he didn't, that didn't matter, but I mostly have female followers. So I, it doesn't really concern me that a guy would want to date me. I I haven't come across that yet. So hopefully I have to come across Mm -hmm. that. So during the pandemic, you've been really just incredible with your, with your social media presence. And you've been posting a lot about charities and how people can give back and just like really being a stand-up influencer, I would say, at, at this time when people really Thank need you. someone That's like that. Um, do you have any opinions on how other influencers are handling the pandemic? Um, you know, there have been some people that have gotten a lot of slack for not posting about charities and, you know. You know, I, I, I put out a little PSA to influencers within like the second week or the third week of all of this happening. And I was just like, I implore you, please use your influence for good right now. Like you have such a voice. You influence literally millions of people. Like you need to be helping people stay home, keep them informed, keep them motivated, keep them happy. Like we have such a responsibility to our community. Like please use your platform for good. And, you know, I'm beside myself that some people haven't and it's really frustrating, but 
hopefully with all of the things I'm doing that I can even influence my fellow influencers to do the same. And I think that in a sense, I already have. I've had a ton of influencers reach out to me um, or follow my lead in the things I've been doing with small businesses and uh, organizations I've been a part of. A ton of influencers have been donating portions of their proceeds for their brands. And that to me is like the best thing you could do right now and is is the right thing to do, quite frankly. Yeah, agreed. You released um, some incredible bathing suits that I I think I own like three of them, um, and I oh my god, yes. wait till you see the new wait, one. Yeah, They're so, so I'm so excited. When does your summer collection drop, and has it been affected by the quarantine at all? Uh, it was slightly delayed. It was supposed to drop at first May 5th, and then we had to delay it to the 26th. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, three-week delay just because of shipment and the warehouse and the safety protocols, but it'll be dropping on May 26th. And then in the end of June, I have my Macy's Danielle Bernstein Summer Collection, which has also been delayed almost a month, actually. And that collection is really, really sick, all under $100. And I'm so excited for people to see that. Amazing. I can't wait to have more to wear this summer. What is the hardest part of quarantining with your boyfriend right now? And are you guys with your parents or his parents? We're with my family. Um, So definitely close quarters, but we've been pretty good at navigating it. Like, obviously we have like slight arguments, but we fight maturely. And so I think that we've been good at giving each other space during the day. We work in different rooms and then we come together at night. We all eat as a family. And so we've, and we've also been separating some time just for us alone. Mm -hmm which is really important during this. And I mean, yeah, you know, it's a weird situation. So I think just like knowing that it's not normal, the situation we're in is sort of the key to all of it, but everything's been okay. Good. Not to, not to pry too much out of respect for the BF, but I guess generally speaking, have you found yourself having more sex or less sex during this quarantine period? (laughs) Um, Or neutral? (laughs) I'm going to just remain neutral. (laughs) (laughs) But everything is good. Don't worry. We're we're, we're great in that department. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, On that note, have you always felt confident in your body or is it something that you have worked on? Oh, definitely worked on. It wasn't until I met Melissa Wood Health that I started really working on not only like the way I looked physically, but also the relationship I had with my body Mm -hmm. and working how to not only be more confident, but how to eat right and food combine. And she taught me that diet is a dirty word. And I really uh, just had an overall like healthier relationship with my workout routine and my body and found the right things that worked for me. And so uh, definitely it was a work in progress and always will be probably, but I'm definitely like in a more confident place now. Do you have any like words of wisdom to people who aren't feeling confident in their body still? I mean, I love when Melissa taught me that diet is a dirty word. Like don't restrict yourself and, and don't put these limitations on yourself. You have to find what works for you. And a lot of that has to do with food combining. And, you know, like I, at one point was doing soul cycle and rumble every week. And then I switched over to Pilates and that's what made a huge difference in my body. So like different workouts work for different people. And so you have to figure out what works for you. But also as far as dressing and fashion, comfort is key. And if you're comfortable in what you're wearing, nothing's too tight and hugging you in all the wrong places, then you'll automatically feel that much more confident and it will show in your appearance too. Yeah. That's perfect for my next question, which is what, 
you know, obviously once this pandemic is hopefully over, what should you wear on a first date for girls? And what should you wear on a first date for guys? Oh my God. Okay. This is a good question. I had this one outfit that I wore on like all my first (laughs) dates and it was my black leather Aritzia leggings um, because they were super tight and sexy and Mm high-waisted and like a low cut black tank top. And then I switched it up either a blazer or a jacket or some sort of cool statement piece and then Chelsea boots. So they had like a little heel, but I didn't do a tall heel because I'm Mm five, eight. So I wanted to always like stay at that height. Um, that was sort of my like casual, but cool date night look. And then obviously if we were going to a nicer restaurant, I would probably change the top, but, and depending on the guy, something less edgy, more girly, Mm -hmm. depending on where we're going. But for a guy, I think just like a monochromatic look, like black jeans, black t-shirt. I always like a guy in just like really simple outfit. Yeah, me too. Nice. Do you think that you need to fall in love with someone before fully getting over someone else? No. Mm -hmm. They say, and someone told me when I went through my last breakup, it's like one month for every year to get over a guy. And I kind of believe in that because if I was dating my, I was dating my ex for like a year and a half and it took a month and a half to like fully get over him or two months, like that kind of made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that obviously having another guy that you fall in love with can help with getting over another guy, but I don't think you need to. Yeah. I I've actually heard, um, it takes half the time you date someone to get over them, but I get over people really fast. So I kind of like your version better. Wow. That's much longer. Yeah. I like my version. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you believe in staying in contact with any exes? And if you do, what would be the purpose? Uh, well, a few of my past relationships ended really amicably. And so there's no reason to not stay friends with somebody as long as I'm respecting my current partner. There's some relationships that ended horribly and that person was just a negative part of my life. And so there is no reason to remain in contact with that person, mm-hmm. even if they try, which they do. So I think uh, it really depends on the situation, but I don't think being friends with an ex is an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to do this really fun thing. Um, and then we're going to okay. end um, with another question about the book. And maybe if you want to read like an excerpt or just tell us a quote. But this this okay. fun thing is is kind of like a rapid fire poll question thing. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead. Is it weird if you've said I love you but haven't met each other's parents? No. Okay. Is it weird to call your husband's parents mom and dad? Not at all. Really? I fully expect to call my husband's parents, mom and dad. A lot of my older friends that are married do that. And I love it. And I already call my brother's fiance's parents, mom and dad. So we're very, family so important to me and we're very close family. So if you feel that close in the relationship, I think it's fine. Wait, that's so cute. Also shout out to Steph. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's see. If you video chatted once, do you need to officially say you're not interested in talking anymore or is ghosting acceptable? If you video chatted once, I think you should respect the other person and say like, yeah, you know, I think it's best if we remain friends or whatever it is, but don't just ghost someone. You should never just ghost someone that's so rude. So rude. Like treat others how you'd want to be treated. Exactly. Exactly. Red flag if you've been dating for two years and haven't spoken about marriage. Probably. It depends how old you are, I think. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to talk about the person you're currently dating with your ex? 
like for advice? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. Oh my, um, definitely not. Someone you're dating tells you you're sweet with a big heart. <laughs> Are they into you romantically or just as a friend? It totally depends. Like, have you had sex? Do you have sexual chemistry? Like, what's the deal here? Um, you can be sweet with a big heart and also be really into someone. So it's true. if that's the only way they would describe you, then I'm not sure. Yeah. Would you rather be called hot or cute? The perfect mix of sexy and cute. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> oh, it's from something. Do you remember? From mean Girls? No. I feel like, like you're from, the perfect like, Sweet Home Alabama or something. It might be. Um, but yeah, that's what I want to be. <laughs> that's, that's the best combo. If someone you're seeing is only texting you and never calls you, does that mean they're not serious about you or they just don't like calling? It could mean that they just don't like calling. If you asked me that five years ago, I would say that means they're not into you. But you know, now it's so different. It's true. Do you ever name your partner's penis? <laughs> no. Ew. That's so weird. I don't get people that. <laughs> so are you noticing your significant other acting more standoffish during this time period or less? No. I think we've gotten even closer during this. That's cute. Um, significant other says everything's okay with you, but there's less and less intimacy. They lost their job and are in search for what they'll do next. Is it you or the situation? If your significant other lost their job that, and you have less intimacy because of it, that could mean that they're just having their own insecurities and they don't feel if it's like a guy and they just don't feel manly enough because they don't have their job in place. It could have nothing to do with you and it could just be what they're going through. I would talk to them about it if this is a specific person that asks us or, you know, just open up that conversation in a really natural way. That's not accusatory, Yeah. but I don't know if it would necessarily be your fault if that's the case. Yeah. If you're having doubts about a relationship, does that always mean you should end it? No, it could mean that you just have to work on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm all about open communication with a partner. And especially if you're seeing a therapist or I see a life coach, if I have an issue in my relationship, sometimes I go to her about it and we talk about it and she gives me tools to go back to my partner or maybe he could talk to her with me. I mean, it really depends on your situation. Yeah. Your significant other worked for a bit and did well and now they don't want to work. Would you be okay with that? I'm personally very attracted to ambition, so I would probably not be okay with that. It really depends on the situation though. Mm -hmm. Is it a red flag if your partner resists a prenup? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it normal to feel guilty when you meet someone that you like post breakup? Is it normal to feel guilty? Uh, it depends how long after the breakup it's been, but no. Okay. And last rapid fire. Is it a red flag if they say they want their career in order before proposing? That's like a big thing with guys. I don't think it's a red flag. Even if you've been together for five years. Five years is a lot. Is a lot. At that <laughs> point, going on with the career. Let's just get the ring on the yeah, yeah. Like, is your career ever going to take off? Um, yeah. Okay. I love it. So we usually end with a quote, as I mentioned before. So before I ask you where we can find your book, what is a quote that you can share with us? Well, I can give you my personal life motto quote, and then I can give you a more fun quote from the book. That's way more we met at Acme. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So my personal life motto is that the most important relationship is the one with yourself. Um, speaks for itself. 
And then a quote from the book that I actually posted today is that dating your neighbor is like having Postmates for penis. You don't even need to put shoes on in order to satisfy your cravings. (laughs) That's amazing. And that has to do with a chapter in my book. Oh my God. I'm excited to read that one. Awesome. Thank you so much, Danielle. Where can everyone find you, follow you, read you, et cetera? At we wore what and all the information for my book, This Is Not a Fashion Story, would probably be in my bio when this comes out. So yeah, you can get it on Amazon and at all the bookstores. So perfect. Thank you. So fun. All right, babe.